On today's episode of Vitality Radio, we're going to talk about three things uh, that I believe well, okay, let me let me how do I say this? One of these things I bet you haven't heard of. And if you have heard of it, you have a pretty good likelihood of knowing as much as I do about it. I'm just barely researching it myself. It'll be interesting to see, uh, but you probably have a likelihood of needing it as well. The other two things are things that I hear about all the time at Vitality Nutrition, uh, online chats and uh, messages, direct messages, all that kind of stuff. People ask about this stuff constantly. These topics are big, they're important, and they're a little hard to find supplements that actually work for them. So we're going to talk about supplemental solutions for three things that I think are really, really unique well, the, the things are not unique, but the supplements are very, very unique, and that I'm really personally very excited about. In fact, I'm excited for two of them to try myself. The one I don't think I actually have a need for, but uh, let's talk about those things in just a second. First, I'll tell you what they are. We're going to talk about your brain. Now, I've done a lot of shows about mental cognition, uh, mental focus. I did a whole show on ADD, ADHD. If you struggle with that, uh, you may want to dig back into that show. I did not know about this particular thing when I did that show, so I may have to do a little bit of an update once I've had a little more experience with this uh, product. But uh, we're going to talk a lot about the brain. We're going to talk about memory and attention, uh, focus, that kind of thing. And we're going to talk about a supplement that boosts acetylcholine levels in the brain and why that matters. The next topic that is as hot a topic as there ever has been, and another one I'm very interested in myself, is metabolism. You know, I'm 50 years old now. I say that a lot because I think it's important to recognize that uh, I've been doing this a long time and I'm no spring chicken myself. And uh, I know a lot of people listening are right in that uh, age range with me. And we know at 50, it's a little harder to lose weight than it was at 40 or 30 or certainly 20. And uh, in fact, I hear that a lot from people. Yeah, I hit 50 and now I can't lose weight anymore. Well, there's a unique formula that we're going to talk about today that has two key compounds in it that I've frankly never talked about on Vitality Radio before and that I think have real promise based on the clinical research that has been done on them. So we're going to talk about how to reduce cravings and appetite naturally while, believe it or not, possibly also helping your achy joints. I know that sounds a little strange, right? And then also how to boost metabolism uh, through some really, really cool new uh, ingredients that uh, most people have never heard of before that I just became aware of in the last month or two. And then the third thing is the one that's a little bit more up for grabs, and that is something called DAO. Now, DAO, I think, is something that everybody needs to know about. Um, it's... Uh, a unique enzyme that breaks down histamine in the gut, not respiratory histamine like what we breathe in when we're dealing with hay fever or allergies, things like that, but uh, histamines in the gut. Now, you may not know anything about uh, dietary histamines. Uh, it's not a commonly talked about topic, but it is starting to get out there a lot more. And for whatever reason, I have some ideas as to why what those reasons may be. Uh, it seems to be 
becoming a bigger and bigger problem. And one of the things that we, uh, there's some evidence pointing towards what's happened with COVID possibly be being part of that issue. Also, I believe the microbiome is probably tied into it quite a bit. So we're going to talk about DAO, what it is, how histamine works in the digestive tract, uh, and what you can do to break that down so that you can eat the foods that you really want to eat that might mess with you otherwise. So those are the topics on today's show. I've got a uh, gentleman named Tim Prince who's going to join me. And without further ado, uh, we'll get straight into that interview. Oh, I say without further ado, but there will be a little further ado. I need to remind you that if you have questions about anything you hear, call us at Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or you can jump online, vitalitynutrition.com. You can find these products there and look at uh, the, the ingredients and all that kind of stuff, as well as ask questions on our chat box. And more often than not, when you jump into the chat, it's either me or my son, Bridger, that will be answering your questions. So that's how you get a hold of us if you're interested in anything that you hear about on today's show. And now, without further ado, let's get down to the interview. All right. And as I said, I do have a special guest on the show today. His name is Tim Prince. He's with a company that is not a new company, but it's a new company to me and to Vitality Nutrition. Uh, we just recently discovered them. Their name is OmniDM. And I'm really excited because the truth of the matter is in this industry, what I see a lot of from my uh, from various vendors that are wanting me to sell their products is a lot of me too type stuff. A lot of products that everybody else has 10 of already and that I've already got 10 of on my shelf. And one of the things that was so exciting about talking to Tim for the first time is I recognized that he has a line of products that are really, truly unique and different. And I didn't feel like I was having to choose between his products and a bunch of other very, very similar products already on my shelf. So I'm excited for you to hear about this. I've already received a nice education on these products, although I intend to learn more today. Tim, welcome to Vitality Radio. Thank you, Jared. I'm very, very happy to be here. Well, it was great to have you at Vitality Nutrition just a month or so ago, educating us on uh, on these products. And as I said, this is a unique company with some unique formulas. First, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in uh, the supplement industry, and uh, we can kind of go from there. Sure. It's a very interesting history of, of how we got here in the first place. Um, our CEO, uh, Kai Berg, uh, has been importing molecules for other companies for 20, almost 25 years in that ballpark. Um more often than not, he found himself saying, hey, this is a really great product or this is a great molecule or great ingredient. You should consider adding it to this product or that product. And, and then he consistently got a lot of pushback on whether or not, um, you know, there was enough information for the others to feel comfortable to do that. You know, do we really want to change our formulas or add or improve upon our formulas? And that became a point of frustration for him. Uh, the pushback you would get when they would ask, hey, well, do you, you, do the, you do the research on it. Well, why would you bother doing the research on it and paying for the research, right, if, if somebody else is going to end up ultimately using it? Um, so he thought to himself, well, maybe I can, I can do this uh, and start up a separate company. And that was really the genesis of, of OmniDM in the first place was, you know, there's great ingredients, many of which are coming from Europe, who tend to be, you know, ahead of us 
in the U.S. Uh, on on a lot of ingredients that are in the natural product industry. So he, he decided, you know, I'm going to give this a, give this a whirl. He started talking to some colleagues in the in the area and the like, and 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 got a few people to to talk about it and get on board. You know, the DAO product we'll talk about in just a few minutes. You know, uh, became part of the backbone of of that whole thing uh, as well. Uh, the the gentleman that invented the technology to separate out the DEO uh, actually is our on our um, executive team as well. So uh, he, he this this all started going around 2015 2016. Um, I came from a long storied history of a special space called medical foods. Medical foods actually fits in a very unique category, kind of in between. Uh, drugs and supplements. Uh, so they, the short version is they're relatively safe, like a supplement tends to be, uh, but they have strong, solid clinical data, uh, much like a drug tends to have or has to have. Uh, on top of that, you have to meet some very specific nutritional requirements that can't be met by modification of your diet alone. So it's very weird space, very unique space. Um, that requires healthcare provider oversight, requires having a significant amount of clinical information. So I, I came on board uh, or they, they asked me to help out at least uh, in the beginning to try to help them understand the category. So we developed everything kind of to be in that medical food category uh, with the company uh, when we first were launching everything that we had. That went well for a minute. And then there's a lot of changes um, with how reimbursements were happening in the um, pharmacy space. Um, you know, customers were having to pay twice as much as they should normally pay for it. So we stopped utilizing the pharmacy space and started going direct to customers. Uh, shortly thereafter, everybody knows about our good uh, friend, the C word. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm not talking about cancer. In this case, it's it's the COVID, which loved uh, you know to disrupt all of our lives. It made it very difficult for our for our sales folks to to be able to see healthcare providers uh, because those are the ones that ultimately uh, recommended our products at that point in time. So we had this real big challenge, uh, frankly, to to figure out what in the world we're going to do. We've got these products designed for healthcare providers for them to have the oversight. Uh, with their with their patients, um, but we can't see them anymore. Uh, the reimbursements are bad. People are having to pay two and three times what they should. You know how can we fix this and standardize it in a manner that makes it uh, makes our products, which are you know solid products, accessible to the general public. So from there we we made some dramatic changes to our terminology that we use and our claim language that we use. We went from, you know, the, the standard claims that you can make for medical foods had to be changed to what was realistically Deshaies compliant. Um, and it changed up everything about it. It didn't change anything about our ingredients. We didn't change our formulations per se. We just changed our focus. And we made the products now available for um, customers to access through places like yours, Jared, and, and others um, so that they can you know, still get it and they can get it for a standardized price, one that, that they're not getting gouged because there were so many people with their hands in the cookie jar between us and them getting it before. 
Gotcha. Okay. So that's kind of the genesis of how it ended up uh, mm-hmm. in health food stores. That's right. Um, and it's, and, and it, they are really, really unique. Like I said, there's some different kind of products. The thing that got me the most excited about the brand was something that I had already just started researching before I met you or had heard of Omnidium. And that was um, DAO, as you mentioned earlier. Now, DAO I hadn't heard of it at all, didn't know what it was until I had a customer come in to Vitality asking about it and explaining to me why they wanted it. And I was intrigued, but it was something that, you know, was brand new on on my plate. And so I started digging around a little bit, couldn't really find much in the marketplace, certainly couldn't find it from any brands that uh, I had ever heard of before and uh, in any of the catalogs that I currently, you know, order through that kind of thing. And then I had two or three other people ask for it. And then I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, a relatively new friend who struggles significantly with histamine intolerance, like has severe reactions when she eats uh, histamine rich foods and has had to go on a uh, uh, basically a, a non histamine diet. And that really, really uh, kind of cemented in me that I needed to find out more about this DAO and how it works and see if I could help her. So then suddenly, uh, as this sometimes happens, uh, I got a uh, call from uh, Don, uh, the rep that you folks have hired out here in Utah, to talk about this stuff. And the first thing she talked to me about was DAO. And I thought, well, there you go. Uh, Maybe this is meant to me, meant to be. So for those uh, unaware of DAO, and I would anticipate it's probably most of the people listening, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, DAO, but b- before we get into that, let's just talk about histamines for a second. Okay. So in my head, I think I'm probably um, uh, not alone in this. Most people, when they hear histamine, they think of allergies and, and hay fever and uh, antihistamines, Benadryl and Claritin and Zyrtec and all these types of things. And that is kind of where it starts and stops. But in the case of histamine intolerance, that is a non-respiratory allergy. Uh, now we're talking about dietary stuff. So talk to me a little bit about what the differences between um, those two histamine sensitivities, I guess we'll say. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I'll just simply say, you know, a histamine tends to get a bad rap. Uh, there, there's a lot of positives about histamine and it's a vital part of our bodies and and, uh, you know, we're always talking about antihistamine. You know, we don't we don't want it. It's a bad thing. Well, it's really actually a good thing for most people. It's just, you know, a, too much of a good thing. Right. Uh, it can be bad for you. Uh, so that's the first thing I'll mention. The other thing I mentioned about histamine is that it's critical for making a lot of our foods taste better. Uh, you know, it's it's involved in, in that particular process as well. Now, that being said, on more on to your question, um, you know, there's a difference between your seasonal allergy, your hay fever um, type allergies. Those are true what we call allergies. Uh, it's not an intolerance. Uh, it's an actual allergy, and that's caused by excessive amounts of histamine, whether that, you know, it's airborne, you're getting it through the trees or the grasses or dust mites or whatever it may be that sets you off. That's all in your bloodstream. That all exists in the bloodstream, and that's usually managed with with the typical antihistamine, whether that's Benadryl or, or Claritin or Zyrtec or whatever it is that you choose to use, um, that that's usually managed in that manner. Where we focus is in an area that that does not address. 
histamine actually exists in our food. As I mentioned before, it exists in our drink. Uh, and then when, when we're sensitive to those, it's usually a result of the fact that we're low in diamine oxidase or DAO in our small intestine. So a lot of people, to your point, don't realize that they have uh, this issue. I, I had some friends over for, for uh, the evening last night. And we were discussing specifically these particular uh, issues. And when I threw out a few of the things that can set somebody off on the list of things that can set somebody off, all of a sudden it changed the perception. The, the person you mentioned before, Jared, is somebody who is severe, I'll say. You know, if they're coming to you and they're listing all these things to you, they've already gone through a big, long process to figure this all out. It's a very painstaking process for a lot of people. But then there are those who don't realize that it's them and they just stop eating or drinking whatever it is that sets them off. The most common one that everybody seems to know, either it's them or somebody they know, can be set off with red wine or uh, a craft beer uh, tends to be a, another quickie that, that people will, will, will recognize and, and say whether it's them or it's somebody else. And what happens is you ingest the, the red wine, the, the craft beer, or, or there's other things like aged meats and cheeses that can set somebody off. But whatever it is, it comes in, it gets in your body. Everything presents just like your allergies do. You get itchy, watery eyes. You get runny nose. You get uncontrollable sneezing. Some people will get a headache. After half a glass of red wine, they're going, oh, my gosh, here I go. You know, my head's starting to hurt already, and then they're done for the night. They're, they're miserable for the rest of the evening. So regardless, the, you know, the data suggests that somewhere in the neighborhood of 1% to 2% uh, of the people have uh, DAO, uh, in, in insufficient amounts of DAO, diamine oxidase. The reality is, is I think that's a bad number. Um I think it's much higher than that. Only from my experience uh, and asking people, literally, I can tell you if I ask somebody, have you heard of somebody having a, a red wine allergy, uh, that at least one in four people in that group, it's either them or they know somebody that it is. So uh, anyway, I, 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 I've, I've babbled on enough about that. I'll, I'll, I'll let you move on. Sorry about That's that. That's okay. So the question then would be if um, if this is an issue for you and um, you mentioned a few things, you mentioned wine and, and, and beer, and then you also said aged meats and cheeses. Uh, mm -hmm. What are some of the more other, some of the other most, most common foods that people could kind of quiz themselves uh, to ask if they have issues with this? Well, I, of course, there there tends to be uh, the one that gets the most obviously is red wine. It's you know even in the wine industry, they know that it's the histamines and not the sulfites that's that's setting people off. But besides that, you know there are other other alcohols that can do it. Whether it's a craft beer or whether it's champagne, you know some people they may be set off by certain liquors. Um, so there's several of those that are, are that are on the table that a lot of people recognize, mainly because they're typically in a bar setting and they're like, wow, this is really hitting me and I'm getting flush and they're only halfway through it. Um, 
The other ones that people will recognize from the food side of things are aged meats, aged cheeses, you know, the good stuff. Anything you'd find on a charcuterie board basically is is a potential histamine bomb for certain people. Uh, pizzas can set people off simply because of what's on the pizza itself, especially if it's a really good one. Um, and some people is chocolate. Chocolate can set some folks off. Uh, my brother-in-law was definitely one of those folks for sure. Uh, sauerkraut, vinegar, uh, those are certainly ones that, that are on the list. Citrus fruits, uh, even uh, ironically, watermelon is one of the things that are listed on the fruit as, um, as a, um, uh, a DAO blocker of activity. So, you know, there, there, there are a multitude of things. Canned, canned tuna uh, is high in histamine. And, you know, other other fishes can be potentially high in histamine, depending, which is interesting, but it is what it is. Um, they, they show up on the list. That's not an exhaustive list, of course. But that's that's just the foods and drinks that contain histamine. There's three mechanisms really that can impact somebody. That's one of the three is the hist introduction of histamine. The other two are uh, something that releases histamine within your body. So again, here we talk about red wine. Red wine actually fits in all three of these categories, which is why most people recognize it. But there's other there's others like chocolate. Chocolate actually is a liberator of histamine. So you have histamine already in your body. It can actually liberate that histamine and have it come into the small intestine as well. And the last category is um, uh, DAO enzymatic activity being reduced or muted as a result of that food or drink. Uh, again, red wine fits in that category, but this tends to be more in the, the over-the-counter uh, you know, over drugs and regular drugs can have an impact on that. Virtually every uh, or many of the antidepressants that's used uh, in the U.S. can actually cause uh, a reduction in DAO activity. Uh, as well as not only the red wine, as mentioned before, but some of the pain relievers that we use, some of the NSAIDs, whether it's ibuprofen or acetaminophen, you know, they're, they're also listed uh, as well as potentials that can actually mute that DAO activity. So one day, for example, you know, I, my knee is hurting. I, I take some, some ibuprofen uh, to manage that, and that might happen to be the one thing that sets me off when I later on have a pizza or a hot dog with sauerkraut, where typically that might not set me off. So there's a lot of variables that come into play, and most people just tend to ignore it or just deal with that. Interesting. So then on the one hand, we're talking about histamine in the digestive system. Um, and as you mentioned, and I think this is pretty important, it's not just histamine-rich foods, but also foods that liberate the histamine and the pharmaceuticals. So if you ask yourself, you know, if you if you struggle with these foods and you're on an SSRI or you're consistently taking things like ibuprofen, you know, that may be one of the biggest uh, issues or root causes for what you're dealing with. So then DAO is the ingredient that our body makes. It's an enzyme that our body produces that um, helps to actually break down and digest histamine, right? Mm hmm. And is there a reason why one person or another may have, other than the things, the, 
the blocking that we talked about with the pharmaceuticals and, and, and wine and a few other things, is there a reason why one person may have a bigger issue with this than another or, or may not make as much as somebody else? Well, what we can say with relative confidence is most people start noticing this when they get into their late 30s, early 40s, you know, in that time frame. And there's, you know, whether there's social factors involved with that, you know, it's hard to say. What we can suggest, though, is that uh, the older we get, uh, the more uh, or the less, I should say, DAO we seem to be producing uh, consistently. So people start to notice it, you know, a little bit later on in life. Typically, if you start seeing it in your 20s or something, there's something uh, something else going on, um, uh, whether that's, you know, your own natural body doing it or, or otherwise, you know, it might be a larger issue that's going on there, but most people don't pay attention to it or recognize it until they're later on in life, you know, in their, in their forties or so. Okay. And so if somebody, what, what do you suggest if somebody suspects that maybe they're dealing with an issue uh, with histamine intolerance, dietary histamine intolerance, um, what would you suggest that somebody might do in terms of trying to figure out if they really have a problem with this or not? Well, the most common thing to do is just to simply eliminate the food or drink that sets you off, you know, trying to, to, to narrow it down to the to the item that is indeed setting you off and, and making you bad. Um, the other option, if you do identify it, and you, let's say you like that food or drink and you, you just you want to go to the ballpark and have a craft beer and a hot dog with, you know, relish onions and and, and sauerkraut, you know, and you know that's going to set you off. Well, the, the simplest thing to do would be to take a DAO supplement and replace the DAO that's in there or add to the DAO that's in your small intestine and, and enjoy it from there and see if that manages, you know, the symptomatic issues that you're that you're encountering. So it's an interesting thing because sometimes, you know, we, we look at things that we, you know, quote unquote, shouldn't be eating or don't do well for us or whatever it is. And some of the stuff you've mentioned is healthier than others. You know, obviously the hot dog with a crowd at the ballpark isn't going to be the healthiest choice. It'd be something that maybe wouldn't be a bad thing to to jettison out anyway. Um, but but the thing is, in this case, it's not the junk food in the hot dog. It's the histamine in the kraut that we're actually talking about. And of course, with fermented foods, which are receiving tons of, you know, new publicity in this country because they have so many benefits to the human body, uh, you know, kimchi and, and real sauerkraut and real pickles and, and uh, kombucha and all these types of things. These have real benefits. Uh, if we can just digest the histamine, then we get all the benefits without the distress, essentially, right? All right. So then with DAO, um, first off, you, you've got this in a capsule. It's a, yours, I believe, if I understand correctly, is the highest potency capsule available on the market. Um, is it more often than not one capsule that is the effective dose for most things? Well, what we've had, so a little bit of history on the DAO. The, the gentleman that, that developed the, like I mentioned before, developed the technology to separate out the DAO itself for this purpose uh, is our CFO. And, and he's been doing this for well over 20 years, mostly in Europe up until, you know, a few years ago when we decided to launch it in the United States. So we've got a lot of history. Uh, we've learned some things and we've learned actually how to improve upon that. So to your point, 
Um, yeah, it's the strongest capsule, uh, strongest formulation that you're going to be able to find based on the, the research that we've done uh, on the U.S. in the U.S. market. So there's that. Uh, the second part of your question was, uh, remind me again, Jared. Uh, just in terms of dose, is it generally a one capsule dose? Yeah. So what we found, thank you for setting me back on course there. Um, one thing that we found is that because we're able to, to, to make it as, as stout and as strong as it is, typically one will do the trick. Um, more often than not, though, if you're going to need more than one, you can take a second or up to a third. If you go more than three, that's not your problem. Just frankly, it's something else. Uh, you know, DAO activity is just fine in, in you or, you know, it might be something else that's causing you some some distress. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as we were talking earlier, Jared, there's no real good diagnostic that that is consistent and, and trustworthy enough to be consistent. Um, you know, more often than not, people are going to have to go through that long drawn out process to identify whether or not they're histamine intolerant. Uh, the good news is with uh, DAO, because it's an enzyme and it stays in the small intestine, it stays on the water slide of life, if you will, uh, never really gets absorbed. Uh, you can't overdose. Uh, it's going to have about a six hour half life on it. So you take two, you take three, you're going to be okay. It's not like you're going to be pushing your body, you know, into a, in a, into a red zone somewhere. Gotcha. All right. So that's all really helpful. Let's wrap this up just really quick with a, um, a sort of a, uh, well, what's the word summary we'll say. So if someone is, because we didn't mention this and I think it's pretty important. There are a lot of people out there, Tim, you and I both know uh, this from just, well, everybody knows this from experience, talking to friends and family that struggle with um, their digestion or struggle with some sort of reaction to food. And you have people who are gluten intolerant and you have people who are dairy or lactose intolerant. And you have people who are uh, intolerant to all kinds of different things. People struggle with nightshades and FODMAPs and there's all these things. And there are a variety of tests that doctors can run to try and assess intolerances or, or, um, even things as severe as, you know, celiac and that kind of thing. But because there isn't really a test for this one, if someone has been through, uh, the process of trying to figure out what the heck's going on, that when they eat, they don't feel well, um, is, is this one, it sounds like to me anyway, that this one would be one that they should test out. And it's really a fairly simple test. Take the DAO, with your meals for a few days and see if you feel better than you did without the DAO. I mean, it seems like it's almost as simple as that. Would you agree? It's 100% that simple. 100%. Mm -hmm. So then there is a way that you can kind of uh, figure that out. And then of course you can experiment at that point. Once you see, Hey, maybe I've got this problem with, with, uh, um, histamines, then you can start adjusting your diet, potentially remove some of the histamines, try and reduce, uh, some of the issues, you can continue to use the DAO and see if that alleviates the problem. And of course, if you're eating healthy foods that are good for you that you don't want to give up, or if you're eating some, um, you know, I guess more guilty pleasure type foods uh, that you also don't want to give up, uh, then perhaps the uh, DAO, uh, the histamine digest formula would be uh, right for you. So uh, that I think we've uh, hit that about as much as we can. There's a couple of other things that I want to talk about. So let's move on to the next topic here. Um, 
it's kind of funny because we now go from histamine intolerance, something that most people have probably never even heard of, to two things that almost everybody thinks about almost every day. Uh, the next two topics will be the brain and how well that works, cognitive function, recall, that kind of thing. And then the third one will be metabolism and weight loss. Um, I don't know that we ever get two more common questions of vitality nutrition than, hey, what do I do for my memory or what do I do for my, you know, the extra 10 pounds or 50 pounds that I'm trying to lose? So let's start with the brain because we've done a lot with brain on uh, Vitality Radio over the years. And one of the things that I was very intrigued about years ago reading up on was something called cetacholine. It's C-I-T-I, uh, choline, C-H-O-L-I-N-E. Uh, if you're wondering what I'm actually saying, that's how it's spelled. And cetacholine is a brain chemical um, that is really, really critical. And I hadn't found up until now something that I felt like was a really good uh, supplemental source for cetacholine. So let's talk about cetacholine itself and what it does in the brain. And then we'll talk about how you guys are addressing it Omni, at Omnidium. Right. So cetacholine, a lot of people are familiar with choline and they, they kind of know what, what that is and what that does. And so cetacholine is a little bit like that because it does offer the choline part of it, but it also has a different component uh, that when broken down, it, it, it increases uh, uridine in, in the body. And uridine is, is important for brain energy, you know, ATP production uh, and brain energy. It's, it's uh, precursors for some of the monoamines for, for mood and, and the like. Uh, and then, of course, there's the choline uh, side of things that uh, not only are, are helping also with some of those monoamines, but uh, increasing um, uh, several other uh, key nutrients in the brain to, to keep it functioning and working and pushing and doing the things that it needs to do. All right. So then if and, and this is something that's naturally found in the brain, right? Cetacholine. Uh, yeah, so those those are parts that are that are we're too, typically supposed to get in our diet, but in reality we don't get enough of those things in our diet. So you end up having more often than not to to supplement. Okay, so these would be things that we're finding to be pretty deficient in the American diet. There's a lot of a lot of areas there that we uh, that we struggle with, and supplementing with them uh, would then do what? What's what's what are we seeing in the research? supplementing acetylcholine? So that's a very good question. There's nearly 700 publications on acetylcholine. Uh, 290 plus of them are human clinical trials in a variety of different spaces, uh, whether, it's, whether it's brain health, uh, you know, is the, is the main primary focus, you know, a lot to do with, with the brain, uh, some with the eye, which is also tied obviously to the brain. Uh, but most everything is is focused in that, that that brain side of things. Whether you're trying to to remember a few more uh, things that you used to have trouble remembering, or whether you're trying to improve upon your focus and attention, those are all related to the mechanisms of acetylcholine in the brain. All right. And are there specific areas? I mean, you mentioned a couple there, memory and 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 some of that sort of thing. But are there specific areas where it seems to make a bigger impact, whether it be memory or focus or short-term, long-term, that kind of thing. Is there any uh, differentiation there as far as the studies show? 
ideally memory is is high up there uh there's tons and tons and tons of research that's been done specifically uh you know in the 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 memory in, in um, middle-aged to older folks uh, in a variety of different populations um so there, there's plenty to review there. The short version is that it definitely has a positive impact on memory uh, based on the data that we have available to us, which is a lot. Uh, can, in addition to that, I will say that there's a, a, a reasonable amount of data on brain energy and increasing brain energy and, and helping people stay focused and stay on task, uh, keeping their attention uh, where it needs to be. Um, and, and, and getting things done a little bit more frequently. You know, the, the typical middle-aged brain fog type person uh, that struggles occasionally with remembering their car keys or they can't keep everything straight. Or, you know, in my household, I'm sitting here, I got three kids going in three different directions. My wife's doing her thing. I'm trying to do my thing for work. And, and trying to keep all of those things organized in my brain sometimes doesn't always work out. You know, and, and you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do today? Uh, I'm trying to remember, did I, did I, where are my sunglasses? Oh my gosh, they're on my head. I totally forgot, right? Um, so a lot of the brain fog, those types of, of, of folks are, are seeing some, some really positives uh, as it relates to that as well. So one of the biggest concerns with brain uh, supplementation that I've seen over the years is that some of this stuff takes an extended period of time for people to start seeing results. Um, but my understanding, based on uh, what you told me you know, prior to us recording, is that uh, the research uh, you have the, the the research indicates that people will notice a difference quite quickly with uh, increasing the acetylcholine in the brain. What what does the research show in terms of time before people are noticing an improvement? Well, it depends on what you're using it for. If you're using it for memory, that, that memory that's going to take a, a typically takes a, a smidgey longer to have a, a ramp up. Uh, you know, you're having to replace and rebuild some things in the brain that the citicolon is helping in that process. Uh, conversely, if you're talking about attention and focus, that's kind of a same day experience. I mean, it is experiential. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're looking to stay on task today because you have a lot of things going on, you're going to do a really cool podcast, for example, for with a gentleman in, in uh, Salt Lake City. You know, you want to make sure that you stay on task and stay focused for, for those kinds of things. So you're going to take that first thing in the morning. Uh, it has about a six hour half life and, and it's going to get the job done uh, it, to help at least keep you uh, focus and attention. Uh, some people notice it uh, a little bit more than others. Um, as, as for me personally, my experiences with it is that about within 45 minutes, I will I will be on point uh, for the next several hours. Um, much like um, some medications that I've taken in the past uh, that were prescribed to me, uh, there, there's a lot of similarities between how it keeps me focused. Hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. So then with the, the, the acetylcholine that you're using is specifically a uh, patented trademark form called Saranax, uh, which I had never heard of before you, um, that's the one that has all of this research on it. That particular, uh, compound you say has Correct. A, a ton of research. So we know it's the right thing in terms of dosing. What has been shown to be an effective dose with the Saranex? 
Well, if you're focused more on uh, the memory uh, and you're a little bit later on in, in life, you know, you're in your 50s or so and you're really want, making sure that you're keeping up with everything, we, we suggest that you take up to two um, on a daily basis. Definitely try to get those in in the morning uh, because it can keep you awake late at night. If you wait too long to take it, you know, you might end up being up a little bit. Everybody reacts differently. Uh, conversely, if we're talking about uh, attention and focus, one typically will do the job. You know, just take one in the morning when you when you wake up or, or, or shortly thereafter, you know, take it with your meal if you'd like. Um, and then you're good to go for the next six or so hours, you know, on the focus side of things. And it's okay to take one in the morning and another one in the afternoon. Uh, w w do you feel like it's better to split the dose like that or to take them both at once? It sounds like it has a relatively short half-life. Uh, it, it does have a relatively short half-life, again, in that six-hour range-ish, plus or minus a little bit of time, but not much. Uh, you know, I would suggest that if you're doing a split dose that you take the second one around lunchtime. That way, you know, you're not sitting there at 11 o'clock at night going, why can't I go to sleep? Um, and it, and that's a good thing. You know, at the end of the day, when you feel that what you're feeling is the fact that your brain's producing more energy, you're getting more energy up there. So your, your, your brain's working good. Interesting. All right. Very cool. Okay. So then that's the uh, brain support formula from, uh, OmniDM. And then the last thing that we're, and we're going to have just enough time, I think, to talk about it. And this is one that is interesting because honestly, Tim, I'll just tell you, we have so many products that come across uh, my desk uh, having to do with metabolism, weight loss, all this kind of stuff. And largely, it's come down to how much stimulation can we shove down somebody's throat, you know, how much caffeine and uh, things like that. It used to be back in the days when ephedra was legal, then, then um, you know, it was ephedrine and caffeine, which actually at least had some clinical studies showing that that worked, uh, whereas caffeine on its own is, you know, mostly just gives you more energy and eventually wears you down. But your product, I, it was funny because I was, when we were originally looking through your little brochure together, uh, showing me all the products, you know, the DAO, as we mentioned before, is the one I was the most interested in because it was something I was it was brand new to me and I really wanted to dial in on that. And then, of course, the brain was the next because I have a family history of um, dementia and things like that in my family. So I'm always cognizant uh, of, you know, what's going on with my brain and whether or not I need to or, or what's kind of the latest thing that I can do to help protect my brain, that kind of thing. But when I saw the thermogenic one, I just kind of breezed by it because everybody's got a thermogenic and I, you know, whatever. And then you started talking about it and talking about why it works and how it works and how it's different. And you piqued my interest uh, for sure. And so now I'm actually pretty uh, intrigued by this product. I've not tried it myself, uh, I'm, but I'm very, very interested. There's two very unique ingredients in this product. One's called Adipisano. And I'm going to let you tell us exactly what that is and why it matters. And then the other one is called phenylcapsaicin. Now, a lot of people have heard of capsaicin from cayenne pepper. Uh, but let's go through those two ingredients and why they work and what you've seen in the uh, clinical research. Sure. I'll, I'll start off with uh, the adipisano on, on thermogenic weight management. Uh, adipisano uh, was a product that we developed year, several years ago, and we launched in the healthcare provider space specifically. This was one of our original medical foods um, that we had launched. Um, 
there, you know, there's clinical data suggesting that there is, there's some weight loss aspects to it. You know, the mechanism of action is, is a, a solid proposed mechanism of action. It can't be verified at this point, but we believe uh, with, with a certain amount of certainty that, that that's the right mechanism of action, that it's, you know, helping manage uh, some of the inflammatory uh, markers that, that are released and, and helping reduce the amount of leptin that's released into the body. And leptin is a, is a hormone that's designed to basically tell your brain to stop eating. Uh, and more often than not in our society, uh, we like to ignore that. And then the brain starts ignoring that. And if the brain starts ignoring it, you never stop, you know, you keep on, you keep on going and it becomes a, unfortunately a never ending cycle. Uh, for a lot of folks. So we, we kind of understand the mechanisms of how it's working and, and what it is, it's a, it's a patented unique glycosaminoglycan complex that's rich in hyaluronic acid uh, and dermatan sulfate uh, in specifically, and it's designed to promote adipokine homeostasis, which basically is a fancy way of simply saying we're trying to keep the adipokines the, in, in check making sure that we're not overproducing any of those adipokines. And those adipokines are inflammatory markers like we're talking about in, in, in some of uh, some things like leptin, for example. Um, and, and while it's doing that, it helps support the reduction of white adipose tissue. So that's the fancy way of saying fat, right? Our love handles, the things around our belly, those kinds of, uh, that, that's what white adipose tissue is. So we, we actually launched this product uh, five and a half, six years ago, specifically looking at managing kind of a, the intersection between metabolic health and joint discomfort, uh, trying to help people who are somewhat overweight manage their weight and also become more active at the same time. And what we found through, through that is we've got a lot of, of uh, clinics on board because, you know, people were losing losing weight. They were losing about 16 pounds of fat in three months. Uh, at the same time, they were increasing their lean muscle mass. So when they looked at the scale, there might not have been a huge difference. If you looked at the BMI chart, there might have been maybe a one point reduction. But when they looked in the mirror, that's where they really could see it because they could see that they were slimming down. And that's exactly what we wanted to have happen. So we have five, almost six years worth of positive experiences in that space with this particular uh, set of ingredients. And a lot of people know about hyaluronic acid from the skin benefits and the like. They don't realize that there's also great benefits that it can be doing inside the body. Uh, and a lot of, you know, I won't go into great detail on the science behind it, but, you know, a lot of that has to do with the, the molecular weight of the hyaluronic acid and the like. So nevertheless, great, great data. From so why would we bother doing anything more to that? Uh, and the answer came in, in the, the phenyl capsaicin that you mentioned before uh, in Axovite when they introduced this to us. So we got the data from them suggesting that on DEXA scan, this, this ingredient by itself was, was causing people to, to, to lose some of their fat, uh, lose weight. And there's a few other cool things that are going on uh, there as well. Uh, what Axovite is, what phenocapsation is, it's a new proprietary analog of capsaicin. Uh, it displays a higher activity against the capsaicin-specific receptor uh, versus natural capsaicin extracts typically do. Uh, it's delivered at a minimum of 98% purity versus the relatively low concentrations that 
you know, the USP standard is about 8%. So you're going 98% versus 8%. Um, uh, and the purity of, of, of those capsaicinoid uh, extracts. Um, and those carry their own impurities as well. So the cool thing about that, all that science and all that rigmarole is that you get something that's ultimately about four times more bioactive than conventional capsaicin uh, extracts. And it has, a, you're able to use, uh, or it has about 10 times the concentration of those standard ingredients. So in short, that means you're able to use less. Now, what's the big problem with capsaicin in the first place is that everybody gets burnt up. You know, it gets GI upset, it upsets their stomach. It feels like everything's on fire all the time. You know, it's very discomforting. So if you're able to use a significantly lower amount to get the exact same result, you're a lot less likely to, to, to not have to deal with those untoward and undesired um, side effects that, that typically come with capsaicin. Uh, I'll also mention one of the other things that really made us excited about this wasn't so much the weight loss aspect of it, but some of the side benefits. You know, everything seems to have a side effect these days. This particular product had uh, an ingredient had has several side benefits. Uh, some of those include uh, reduction in zonulin levels, which suggests that there's improvement in the in the in the gut microbiome, and specifically, you know, improving the the junctions of a leaky gut. Uh, there's reductions in what's called quorum sensing, and quorum sensing is the ability of bad bacteria to talk to other bad bacteria. And if they if they're able to talk to each other, they get together and do bad things, right? If they can't talk to each other, they can't do bad things. So another really neat uh, side benefit that, that that's associated with with this. So not only are you getting the thermogenic properties that everybody knows about from capsation in general. You're getting those thermogenic properties. You get the weight management properties. You get improvements in, in, in uh, some of the things that are going on in your gut. Plus, you add that in with our Adipasano, which has almost six years worth of positive clinical experience here in the United States alone. And you got two things that you're coming together to have a positive experience. Well, that sounds fabulous, but does it work? And the answer, in my own personal opinion, is absolutely. And I say my own personal opinion because once we launched this product about uh, this combination uh, a little less than a year ago and in, in uh, the holidays, frankly, of, of last year, uh, late December, uh, I started taking it and I started taking it, made some adjustments and modifications to my diet and exercise regimen. Uh, and lo and behold, fast forward about nine months, 10 months at this point, um, I've lost 30 pounds. And, you know, my lean mass has come up. Now, I'm not saying that that's typical, but it makes it real easy for me to be a believer, Jared. You know what I mean? Uh, it makes it real easy for me to, to get excited about it and talk about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. And we are running out of time, but there's a couple of quick questions I want to ask about it that uh, because you mentioned a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. One is we talk about thermogenic and, of course, thermogenic is part of the name of this product, thermogenic weight management. To make sure I'm clear on this, the thermogenic impact from this formula is from the axovite, the phenylcapsaicin, not from the uh, adipasano. Is that correct? correct. That is correct. Mm -hmm. And that's creating thermogenesis without um, stimulation. It doesn't contain any caffeine or, or any kind of stimulant. And then the adipasano is, is such an interesting ingredient because <clears throat> you talk about the, uh, you know, it has the hyaluronic acid. It comes from the uh, the chicken comb, 
But the the thing I want to understand about it, because I think it's such a cool one-two punch that is frankly strange uh, to find in a product like this, and that is that it could also reap all kinds of other really nice benefits as far as joint pain, uh, because we know that a, a, a good quality hyaluronic acid can be excellent for joint pain. Uh, it can be great for the skin. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of every woman listening to this show thinking, okay, here's something that's going to be great for my skin and I'm, and I might lose weight with it. That's a, a nice one, two punch. Um, but my question is right at the very beginning, you mentioned leptin and leptin has kind of been in the news a little bit more. People have heard about it. I don't want to brush over it too quickly. Uh, so before I let you go, uh, explain to me just a little bit more about what leptin does and how this, uh, reduces leptin. Okay. So first things first, uh, leptin is released from our fat cells. So your, your white adipose tissue or your, uh, your, your white fat, it loves to release all these things. It spews it out. It's a factory for it. And, and the reason why it spews out leptin in particular is its job is to go to the brain, tell the brain, Hey, please don't eat anymore. We've had enough. We don't need any more of that. Well, when you overeat and you consistently overeat, what happens? Well, you create more fat cells as a result of that. Well, what are those fat cells doing? Well, you just multiplied the number of signals that are going to the brain telling you, hey, it's time to stop eating. What ends up happening is the brain says, hey, look, I've heard enough out of you guys. I'm just going to stop listening. Right. And so you stop listening from the brain, you keep eating more and more, you create more and more fat cells, you're in this never ending cycle, right, that, that, that just doesn't, that doesn't stop. So how we work is number one, we help basically plug up uh, the ability for the fat cells to spew a lot of these things out. It's not going to work 100% on every single fat cell that's in there. But what it is trying to do is plug up most of the fat cells. So you reduce the amount of leptin that's being spewed out. And if you're reducing the amount of leptin being spewed out, then the brain starts going, okay, maybe I can start listening to this stuff again. So then you have a little bit of, you know, appetite control and the like, you know, and I'm, one of the things I failed to mention about Axovite is it does also help very much so on, on managing appetite control. But nevertheless, you're working, we're working at two different angles on the appetite control side of this. You've got the Axovite doing its thing on one side and then, you know, managing the leptin on the other side to allow your brain to start listening to it again in combination helps you manage that appetite control uh, kind of fairly early on uh, from the Axovite side of things. It's a longer process from the leptin side of things. All right. So then with this product, uh, is this something that people should be noticing a difference with in the first month? Does it take a couple of months? What what do people typically see? It depends on what you're looking for. I mean, if your goal is to, um, you know, start managing your diet, the cool thing about the Axovite, as I was mentioning, it does work really well on appetite and controlling your, helping you control your appetite. Uh, so that's really in the first day, two, three days, you'll start noticing, hey, I'm not craving these sweets that I used to crave all the time. For example, uh, I had a friend that was big into Mountain Dews and you know, he stopped drinking Mountain Dew you know, almost overnight. Uh, if you're looking from a weight management point of view, you know, you walk if you walk 
50 feet into the woods, you got to walk 50 feet out of the woods. So that's a longer process, obviously, to, to, to have weight loss. But I can say with fair, fairly solid confidence that in that two to three month range, you should start noticing a difference in the mirror if you're doing what you should be doing. And, you know, making, making some lifestyle changes on top of it only is going to make that go faster. Awesome. All right. Well, we really have bumped up against the end of the show, so I'm going to have to wrap this thing up. Tim, uh, you've got a few other really amazing things that I want to talk about, so I definitely want to have you on again very soon. I appreciate your time uh, joining us today on Vitality Radio, and uh, I can't wait to get more people uh, trying these products and get some uh, you know, real-world experience with, uh, with my people at Vitality Nutrition. So thank you so much for your time and your education on these uh, three amazing formulas. Thank you so much for having me, Jared. All right. That was Mr. Tim Prince from Omni Diem. I hope that that information was useful for you and as fascinating to you as it was to me. It is a little bit, um, there's, there's a lot of detail and science in all of these ingredients. And so hopefully we uh, kept it uh, out of the weeds uh, enough that uh, you could understand exactly what we were talking about. But if you have questions, of course, you know who to call. Call us at Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292. 6662. Or uh, if you'd like to jump online and check out these things and chat with us, you can do it that way at vitalitynutrition.com. Thank you so much for listening to me. My name is Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.